Welcome to the New Money Habits Podcast, where we talk about how to create a better plan for your money so you don't have to live paycheck to paycheck. Here are your hosts, Sarah Jones and Nino Villa. Welcome back, Budgeteers. Coach Nino Villa here. And alongside me, my partner on the airways, it's Sarah Jones. Hi, Sarah. Where are you tuning in from today? Hey, Nino. I am um, in Arizona and uh, happy to say that we have our, our house back. We um, had to take it in. So this is something that I think a lot of us don't, maybe I certainly didn't before I lived in a fifth wheel, but we had to have some work done on our unit a couple of days ago. And it spent the entire day in the shop, which meant we had to sit outside or sit in our truck all day long. So that was a new experience and how much I, um, I don't believe I've appreciated having a home (laughs) that you can just go into, you know, that, that when your home is getting worked on, we didn't have access to it. So new experience happened this week. Oh, wow. Well, you know, it's funny. That story reminds me of when we got our, our house painted and it was the exact opposite experience because the outside of the house is being painted and they like, uh, they put plastic over the windows and everything. We were trapped inside the house uh, and we're not allowed to leave. That actually happened um, not all that long into the pandemic. And so we, everybody was kind of quarantining and, and, and um, kind of stuck in the house anyway. But then when you put plastic over the windows too, talk about cabin fever to another level. So um Interesting. You were without a home and we were stuck in our home. Yeah. Isn't it funny how, uh, and I'll be, and I, th- I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with this, but sometimes we just kind of take for granted the, our abilities to move around, right. To get out. And, and I certainly did take it kind of take for granted my ability to come in and out of my home as I pleased. And um, so without it sitting here, um, a lot of our friends and neighbors walked by and they gave us kind of funny looks that we were just sitting out with <laughs> no house, but all of our stuff sitting outside. <laughs> so, wow. You well, know, glad to see it's you're part, back. Of the, part of the experience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm glad to see you're back um, and that, uh, you know, you're able to record. And, and so today uh, we're going to address a question from a listener uh, who posted to social um, something that they got going on. So I'm kind of looking forward to kind of breaking down uh, what this person had to say and and kind of see where our conversation leads us today. Um, But Stephanie from Bertram, Texas, um, took to social and was talking about how um, her and her husband are uh, debt-free, and they're aggressively paying off the house, but they also know that they need to save for a car. And so the question becomes whether or not they should put all of their extra money into the house or into a sinking fund for their car. Uh, should they split it 50-50? And uh, she shared that she has anywhere between $1,000 and $1,500 a month in discretionary income in order to um, try to achieve these goals. So to summarize all of that, it really, the question becomes, I have $1,000 a month and I have competing goals. How do I achieve them both? Mm. 
You know, this is a really good question because I have certainly run into this. Um, I know you have, Nino, and, and I'm sure thousands and thousands and thousands of other people have as well. And so this is a really great question. Um, and I think there's a lot of different ways that, that I could approach this that, you know, my own thoughts, first and foremost, um, you know, everybody's situation is a little bit different and without having a whole lot of other details, um, I would say, I would look at how far down the road is this new car needing to happen, right? Is this something that, d d d is the purchase of this newer vehicle or new to them vehicle, is this something that needs to happen very soon? Is it something that, hey, you know what, it, next year, you know, how, how far away is the purchase of this vehicle going to happen? That's kind of where I would start. And then I could base my steps off of that. And so I would look at, you know, again, how far down the road is this 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 car um, purchase going to, to need to happen? And then I would look at, because for me personally, Nino, if if I've been working on something and it sounds like these folks have or certain this, you know, this, this lady has, that they've been working real hard to get their mortgage paid off. For me personally, if I'm going to take and change, turn all of my efforts to something else, right? So the purchase of this car. So if I'm going to maybe pause my mortgage payoff acceleration, you know, so just going back to making my normal mortgage payment and using all of those funds to focus on the car. For me personally, sometimes I feel like, oh, I failed, you know, it brings, it brings up some other feelings for me, like, oh, I can't do both. Um, it makes me feel like all my progress maybe isn't happening as quickly as I wanted it to. Um, and so for me, I would look at, okay, if I've got a year, then I might pull back on making those extra mortgage payments, you know, send an extra to the mortgage so I can start to, to contribute to this car fund. Um, I like to do things maybe a little bit more slowly. I'm not like, hey, I'm stopping this and I'm starting this. You know, that's just not the way that my brain works a lot of times. I kind of need to ease into it a little bit. But um, I I do know because I, I know you, I know you've got kind of a different point of view on, um, on this as well. Well, yeah. So a lot of what you said I agree with. And I think where I want to start is like so many of these questions that end up on social media or even uh, in the inbox, uh, there's questions behind the question. From from the um, the person asking the question, they probably have other questions that they're really trying to ask, and so you kind of have to interpret that. But I know for me, I'm like, well, now I have a series of questions I would like to ask and try to figure out um, what do you know. What are we really talking about? And it starts with something you said, and that's like the time horizon, right? So the timeline, the time horizon, you know, that's going to make an impact. So one of my first questions would be, how much longer are you into this mortgage for? And one of the reasons I would ask that is I have a very close friend of mine who is now less than 12 months away from paying off his mortgage. And he he too could be in a similar situation where his car's a little older it's got over 100,000 miles on it and so he might be thinking about purchasing a new car or a newer car but i know right now he's not going to let anything get in the way 
of paying off that mortgage in, in the next 12 months. Now, if he had another 12 years before mm -hmm. he was going to pay off the mortgage, then he probably would be like, well, hold on. This discretionary income that I have, let me reallocate and kind of refocus. So I would have some questions about like, what is the time horizon? Like you were asking about how quickly does the car need to happen? I would want to ask about that. I'd also want to ask, what kind of commitment are we making? Because here's the other thing. $1,000 a month for the next 12 months is $12,000, and that's not that big of a deal. And, I mean, that's how close my buddy is to paying off his mortgage, by the way. <laughs> it's a little more than $12,000. He needs that $12,000 to get there, but, like, let that sink in for a moment. Anyway, <laughs> the other part of that is if we're talking about a $1,000 commitment for the next 12 years, like, whoa, whoa, like hold on. Right, we've talked on this um, program before about how that's a, that's a huge commitment. And when we're talking about mortgage, which is usually at a lower interest rate, it's like, what are you really saving yourself interest rise wise? So that I would want to ask that too. That's another reason why time horizon is such a big deal. So I want to start asking those questions, and I would want any one of our listeners who are who are facing a similar situation to really consider what does the timeline look like for these things. And then it allows us to move on to like the next piece of how does that timeline affect the actual numbers. But it, we have to start with timeline first. Yeah, I love that. And, um, you know, and we have talked about, you know, kind of mortgages, and that's a very personal decision too. you know, if you want to pay off your mortgage. And, you know, I think there's, we could dig really deep into this. But I think the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway is really looking, as you mentioned, how much longer on the mortgage, you know, how close are we? How willing are we to, um, you know, maybe pause that or go a little bit slower so we can purchase this car? How quickly does the car need to happen? Are there other ways to bring in some other discretionary income to facilitate the purchase of the car, right? Um, you know, because that's always, I think, always an option as well, right? If if I'm really working, I'm getting real close to getting my mortgage paid off, but I also need a car pretty quickly. Well, then here's another option is, you know, maybe there's a side hustle. Maybe there's a side gig. Maybe I can sell some things to put into my uh, car fund, so I know I'm making progress there and I'm not stopping my mortgage payoff either. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of different directions you could go with this. Yeah, I, you certainly can go in a, a number of different directions. The other thing that I'm a big proponent of is I believe that in order to achieve goals quickly, there needs to be some level of focus. And sometimes that focus means kind of a singular focus or being dedicated to one thing at a time. I very rarely, when working with clients, encourage them to try to do more than one thing at a time. Um, it, it just, it takes, it seems to, it, to take twice as long to get something done when you're kind of, I'm going to do a 50-50 split. So I'm going to do 500 to the mortgage. I'm going to do 500 to a car fund. It's like, just focus on one thing and get it done. With that being said, the other thing I would want to know about kind of the car situation is what do you think the budget is, right? Like, mm -hmm. how, what are we talking about? Are we talking about a $40,000 vehicle? Or are we talking about a $20,000 vehicle? Are we talking about brand new? Or are we talking used? 
Is there trade-in value for the vehicle you currently have? And so if you're looking for a newer car, maybe your budget's like $15,000, but you think you can get a $5,000 trade on your car, I'm going to tell you, well, then take the next 10 months and just sock away $1,000 a month for the next 10 months. And in less than a year, you're replacing that car. And then it's done and it's over with. And then you can refocus uh, on you know paying down the mortgage. You know, if you go 50-50, it's going to take twice as long to get the car. But maybe you don't need the car for another two years. Maybe you're planning that far in advance. So then I might say, okay, well, you're really, you know, planning in advance. The problem is I haven't come across too many people who are looking out 24 months for vehicle replacement. When somebody starts talking about vehicle replacement, they are usually talking about a six-month or less timeline. And with that, you're going to need every every penny of the $1,000 discretionary income for the next six months because it's only going to get you to $6,000. And even if you have trade-in value on your car, like what can you really get? So lots of questions behind the question. For sure, for sure. And I would say I'm probably the anomaly on, on some of this because I always um, – we we're not necessarily in the market for another vehicle, but definitely open if the right one comes about. Right. And so when we start talking about it, that's when we kind of start looking, but we don't necessarily put a time frame on things. And so there have been times where we have definitely looked for new vehicle for years. Um, and so, but I'm the anomaly a lot of times. Right. And, and I'm the, the planner. I think I've mentioned this before, you know, my husband's very, spontaneous and I'm the planner. I need to know what's happening in my life for the next 10 years. Like, and, and I'm going <laughs> to make sure that I've, I've accounted for all of those things. I'm not quite as bad anymore, but, um, you know, I think it really comes down to a lot of the, the, the pieces that we've already touched on. One other thing, you know, I, I would just, um, call up here is that, <sighs> I don't know whether a new car, you know, needs to happen. Maybe there's some repairs that could be done, you know, on the current mm -hmm. vehicle that would help you, you know, would kind of facilitate still paying off the mortgage, right? And then you could focus once the mortgage is done. Again, timeline plays a big piece in this, but are there some repairs that can be done to kind of, you know, eke out a, a little bit longer time frame on the car, so you can get your mortgage paid off and then you can focus all of your efforts on a new vehicle. So, um, again, lots of different directions here without a lot of, uh, details and without the ability to ask more questions of this, this, um, person, but, um, yeah, lots to, who would have thought that, that money has so many different facets and so many different directions. There's not just like, yes, do this and done. And there it is. Oh, see, you couldn't have teed that up any better if I asked you to. There it is. It's, you know, I, I see it so often that somebody kind of takes to social media or, you know, whatever the case may be to ask a question. And they think they're asking like this straightforward question that's going to have a straightforward answer. And it's like, here's the, here's the prescription. And if you do it this way. All the more reason to have a conversation and actually help our listeners, our clients really understand there's 
kind of a breath to all of this. There's depth to it. There's let's ask some other questions about, you know, how immediate is there a need to replace the car? Is there even really a need or is it really that repairs? When, as you were even saying repairs, I go back to my friend's scenario where he's less than 12 months away from paying off the, the house. If, if his car dropped a transmission tomorrow, I can almost guarantee with 100% certainty that he would just replace the transmission. How, many, how often is somebody going to take a car that's 12 years old with over 100,000 miles that drops a transmission and just get a transmission? Most of the time, if it, as long as somebody has the means, they're going to rush out to get a new car because they're going to convince themselves that like this was the end of that vehicle. I replaced a transmission in my car four years ago. Like I've gotten another four years, and I've gotten another like forty thousand miles in those four years, and with no signs of knock on wood, <laughs> no signs of any issues to come. So. Why not, you know, spend two or three thousand dollars in repairs instead of fifteen, twenty, or twenty-five thousand dollars to replace? So great point. And I love that too. And I'm I'm we could go down a rabbit hole with with that. And I think we've uh even had an episode that highlights a lot of, you know, my feelings on used cars and you know, new versus used and do you buy one and do you not? But um I think the big takeaway that I'm getting from this, Nino, is that I need to really explore, right? If this were my situation, I need to explore all the areas, right? I need to look, is a repair available? My timeline, what am I willing to do versus not willing? Really, and it's not just a one size fits all answer. So that's my big takeaway is yeah. what are all the facets of this? And have I explored them and really taken an honest look at where I'm at and what are my options here? Yeah, I agree. I think uh, you said it really well, and that is just when you explore all your options, you get to make an informed, educated decision. And I just I want to ask the hard question: you know, when's when's the last time you took the time to make an informed, educated decision? You know, so. Um, with that being said, I mean, it's just that simple and yet just that hard. Uh, I think this, <laughs> although uh, this was kind of a um, shorter episode today than what we might be used to, I think I kind of want to leave it there uh, and just kind of wrap up with encouraging our listeners that if you are struggling with these types of decisions where it's you know, I have multiple goals I'm trying to achieve, but, you know, I only have so many dollars. And even if you have $1,000 or $1,500 extra every month, which is awesome, you might still be struggling with where do I allocate those funds? What should I be focusing on? And maybe for the first time you're thinking about, ooh, okay, timeline. What, you know, what does the timeline look like if I do this? What's the timeline look like if I do that? But if you need help, kind of asking the right questions and really uh, considering all of the facets that Sarah and I have been talking about, then make your way to the show notes um, and click the link to schedule time to sit down with either Sarah or myself 
We offer up a free discovery session. So let's discover what it is that you're trying to accomplish and what your current position is. And let's map out a, a, a path from A to B to help you to achieve your goals. So stop sitting on that offer and start acting on that offer. Um, I know that I've talked to somebody recently who, uh, who that's, they said, I, I, I'm talking to you today because of the podcast. And I'm pretty sure somebody actually just did that with you recently too. So, um, you know, there are people out there taking advantage of that offer. Might it be you this time? Mm, a call to action. I love it. Right. Accountability <laughs> and, and what? Like put one foot in front of the other. All right. Always a pleasure, Sarah. Thank you for uh, taking the time. And again, if uh, if anybody wants to uh, schedule time with Sarah or myself, you find your way to the show notes, click the link. Otherwise, uh, you can also go to newmoneyhabits.com. We have tools and resources for you there. And we will continue this conversation next time. Thank you for listening to the New Money Habits podcast brought to you by New Money Habits and Keeping Up with the Joneses Financial Coaching. Submit your questions to our host by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes. Join our growing group of like-minded people on Facebook and follow us on your favorite platform. Music provided by Summer School.